What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. All right, we're back. It's Thursday. We're here to finish the week off in style, BTV style. It's Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Fuck you, Wednesday, you piece of shit. Wow. Poor Wednesday. But yeah, guys, we got a great episode for you this week. If you haven't already heard, we did the It review. We did a spoiler-free and a spoiler review. Won't spoil anything on that. If you guys are interested in hearing what we think about that, we had some guests on, and we all got to see the movie. Yeah. And it's for everyone. So if, you, if you're if you not wanting it to be spoiled, you can go and check it out, and then we'll tell you, we'll give you an, a warning sound that says, hey, Spoiler alert, because we're going to divulge a lot of our thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a little mixture of two, but today we're going to be doing something special, something that probably hits the reality bone pretty hard these days, and that is nuclear war and apocalypse. So we're picking two movies that we're going to be talking about, one being a nuclear war movie and one being a apocalyptic sort of like end of the world scenario in a way by virus. So very similar in nature, but one's Miracle Mile from 1988 and the other one's from 2008. It's called Doomsday. Doomsday. So we both kind of like picked one uh, that we wanted to talk about and it just kind of like fit a little bit. So today, guys, <laughs> we're going to be doing a special episode called... A doomsday on Miracle Mile. <laughs> but anyway, how how you been doing, Bernie? I'm good. Yeah? Anything cool or new? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Anything special? No. Went you camp- went on vacation. How was it? Well, it wasn't really vacation, but I went camping um, in California with my fam bam. Right. Which we didn't mention in Monday's episode. Whatever. But yeah, you had a good time or what? I did. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I Is your mom still here? My mom's in, no, she's in California uh-huh. where we were. So she's, she always ditches us. We she's like, the, fuck yeah. We get the short end of the stick of mom visit time. Yeah, peace fun. out, I'm out, She'll motherfuckers. She's going to be there for a couple weeks and then she's going to come back with us for another like two weeks or so before she goes back to. Oh. Because she has to go back in November for her doctor's appointments and stuff like for her checkups and everything. Oh, so she's got a while. She's got, yeah, they gave her three months. To Wait. like travel. Oh, oh! Not to live. I was like, Jesus no, Christ! My Brittany. ass wouldn't be here. <laughs> You've heard home. it here first, folks. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, I would not be here if my mom. <laughs> yeah, I would have been assuming. I would be like, I'd be like, fuck the show. I would quit like, my job. Yeah. I'd fucking move out of my apartment. Yeah. Like my husband and I would live with her somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. Box. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm getting that age, Brittany. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, my brother that lives out there, he lives in Livermore, California, and we went camping. 
somewhere called like Lincoln or whatever. It's like two hours away from there. He has a boat and like fucking eight jet skis or some shit. So right. I jet skied around for like a million hours and I actually drove the boat, which was really cool. That's pretty fun. I, I've was, I've done the jet skis. It was hot. Do you have like the cool ones, like the yeah, like he, really powerful he ones? He just got two new ones, and I think they're Kawasaki's. I don't the sit down ones. Quote me. They're all sit down ones. Well, there's the stand up ones that people do the ones. tricks on. And yeah, shit. well, I don't do. I don't can't do tricks, but <laughs> the fucking stand- Brittany was doing flips I was and doing shit. Flips and shit. No, I I thought I was cool when I caught air like off of fucking like right. waves and shit. You're like woo. But then I get scared. You're like two like, inches. I go up and I'm all fuck. <laughs> Dude, I, I used terrified. to do like uh, oh, I launched a quick U turn. Yeah, I did that and flew off. Of it. My girlfriend, one of my ex girlfriends, used to be a uh, jet ski racer. Neat. And she was like one of the bigger female jet ski racers in the uh, West Coast. Mm-hmm. And she like won all these events and stuff like that. And she used to take me out and she'd be like, hang on. And then she would turn the thing real quick and I would just get thrown off. Like, That's what happened to me. Skidding across the fucking top of the water like a fucking stone. Yeah. <laughs> I watched my. One of my, I guess he's my cousin. I don't know. I watched him like do this fucking crazy hard turn and shoot up all these waves and shit. And I was like, that's so cool. I can do that. Cause I was going like, I was standing up on the thing going like fucking 90 miles an hour. Jesus. Fucking awesome. 90 miles an hour. I don't know. It was kilometers. 90 knots. I think it's kilometers or whatever. I don't know what that actually is. (laughs) Miles per hour, but it was like. I'm pretty sure my face would have melted off if it was 90 <laughs> miles per hour. Just the skull but when I she did comes like back. 90, she, at least 90, she was smiling. Yeah, like 94 kilometers or whatever the fuck it was. That's I don't cool. even know if that's even right. But it was like 94 when I was sitting down on it, and then I got uncomfortable, and then I did 92 standing up on it, and then I got uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it hit a really big wave, and it scared the shit out of me, but... Yeah, so I was like, I can do that fucking cool, like, turn or yeah. whatever. And like, it's like a I U-turn did it, or something. Sure. And I fucking flew, like, Whee! eight feet. I just went, whoa! <laughs> Landed hella far away from the fucking jet ski. Getting back in, was that hard? Uh, um, not on the newer ones that they have. Like, yeah, because they balance real well. The newer ones, they actually have, like, a grab bar that, like, pulls down. That goes kind of, like, under the jet in the back. Okay. So, like, it folds back up when you're riding it, but, like... You can pull it down so you can put your knee or your foot on it to kind of lift yourself up into it. And it stays really stable because the other ones that they have are like older. They're really cool and they're really fast. Like they have like the Sea-Doo and like whatever the fuck the other ones are. But I guess the newer ones are actually the faster ones that you do tricks on. And I'm like, I just feel more comfortable on these big old mama fucking jet skis sure, and like yeah. those little ones. I can't even get they're on like them Harley without feeling Davidson's. like I'm gonna knock it over. That's basically what they are. I have a picture. Yeah. It's crazy. Like they're Harley uh, they're really cool or some shit. They're really fun, and his boat was really easy to drive, and that was intimidating as fuck at first. But I was like, that's my I can boat. imagine. I'm gonna drive a fucking boat, and I did it, and it was cool. Let's see. I made a frog, a little tiny frog, appear out of a out of a faucet. That was cool. What? Felt for Super Harry Potter in that moment. It was pretty Um, Well, they had had bathrooms, like, at this campsite. They were, like, a fucking hike to get to them. First day, I tried to go to the bathroom up there. There was a wasp, like, three wasps that were, like, hovering by the entrance, and they wouldn't let me come in. And, like, I would, I'm terrified. I'm allergic to bees, first of all, so I'm pretty sure I'll fucking die if a wasp stings me. (laughs) So I'm, like... I go inside to try and go to the bathroom and then like this wasp like flies at me and I like I ran out screaming at least 10 times before I finally went to go pee. Wow. And then I'm like my Was mom's there. Was like a there. trail of pee? I'm pretty much, my mom's there with me and she's got a fucking yellow hat on. 
And I'm like, why aren't they going to you? Like, this is such bullshit. Like, I'm like, aren't they attracted to yellow? Which might be a myth. I don't know. But right. I mean, still, and they're not bugging her at all. And I'm like, you know what? They can smell fear. Like, of course they know I'm fucking terrified of they them. Smell like, fear. they know. And then I, after I finally went, I go to wash my hands. This is the next day. I go to the bathroom. I go to wash my hands and. The sinks are disgusting anyway. But I turn the sink on and this fucking tiny frog flies out of it and scares the fucking shit out of me. And then I'm like, oh, it's just a baby. (laughs) And then I'm like, I'm Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. I'm a wizard. (laughs) Like like running out of the bathroom screaming, I'm a wizard. And everyone's like, what the fuck? (laughs) All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Doomsday on Miracle Mile. Alright guys, we're back for the flesh and potatoes segment of Doomsday on Miracle Mile! Doomsday on Miracle Mile. Doomsday on Miracle Mile. Yeah, people are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, <laughs> Why are they saying it What so is this, like times? some Christmas miracle show? Like what, Doomsday? No, because no, it's not a... It's <laughs> Santa Claus prevents nuclear war and kills Kim Jong-un and Trump at the same time. Santa, what have you done? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, doesn't it sound like Miracle on 27th Street or whatever the fuck I Miracle over? on 34th Street. Yeah, whatever the fuck it is. You I, were I judging me earlier. I don't live there. I don't live there. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Santa. <laughs> That'd be nice to Santa. <laughs> He's just a cheery he, old like, fat man. <laughs> didn't he like put a kid on like the bad list because they were chewing gum? No. What fucking Santa are you talking about? Or no, maybe he threw his gum on the ground. I don't remember what I'm talking about. He probably like spit it in his mom's hair and then like choked. He like her spit or it something. in Santa's mouth. That that's fucking naughty <laughs> list material right there. First of all, if some little bitch spit gum in my mouth, I'd drop kick him off my lap faster than you can say fuck you. You just grab him by the head and the back of the <laughs> neck and flip him into the crowd. Yes. I would throw him into the nearest fucking Christmas tree. Be like, you're the star now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. He's all impaled on some fucking star. <laughs> on a fucking elf's ear. Ah, Christmas spirit is <laughs> no, fresh. No, he'd be impaled on Rudolph. <laughs> we're, uh, dude, we had a couple of shots before we started this. I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm like, I'm fucking, not even buzzed. I'm kind of blitz. I've had a weird day, so I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but when you get into those weird bad moods and then you're just like, I'm free, I'm going to mm-hmm. be drunk. All of a sudden you get like out of control. It's like when you're like, fuck everything in your back of your mind. I'm going to have a good night tonight no matter what. Then all of a sudden it's like you got to prove it to yourself yeah. and like you've gone overboard yeah. like way too much. That's what happens to me. You fucking like watched a donkey show in Tijuana and right. I was the donkey show you in were Tijuana in Tijuana fucking Juana. <laughs> anyway, so what are we gonna start this off with, Brittany? <coughs> I feel like we should start it off with Miracle Mile. Of course, this is older. of course, you would say that. I think I started off last time. Actually, it's fine. Oh wait, no, I I planned for this. No, I didn't. Well, I no, planned. I'm just trying to go chronologically. I know. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> Eighty-eight, two thousand eight. <laughs> 
So we'll start it off with Miracle Ball. 1988, this movie came out. The story is about a little town of Park La Brea in Los Angeles, better known as the Miracle Mile. When the musician Harry Washello meets Julie Peters in the museum, he immediately falls in love with her. They schedule a date late night in Miracle Mile. But the alarm clock fails, and Harry misses the date. And he arrives three and a half hours late, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Harry accidentally hears a mistaken phone call, and a man tells on the public telephone, like pay phone, phone booth, pay phone booth. Google it if you don't know Back what when they used is. to use Bill and Ted booths. Uh, <laughs> um, but he accidentally hears a mistaken phone call, and a man tells that the United States has just started nuclear war, sending missiles against Soviet Union. And in two hours, Los Angeles would be hit by an enemy back missiles. Harry seeks out Julie and frantically tries to find a helicopter pilot to leave Los Angeles. Meanwhile, the rumor is spread out and brings chaos to the city. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's essentially the story. Um, this is in my this is my pick for this grab bag sort of thing that we decided to do. Um, reason being is I think this is one of the best nuclear war movies ever. Like there are other ones that are really dramatic and stupid. This one is highly entertaining and scary as fuck to me when I was a kid. Um, it was written and directed by Stephen Desjardins, who actually directed the movie Cherry 2000, which I also really love with Melanie Griffith. Hmm. Really good movie. Then a few TV shows he did like Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> and ER like what like whatever happened to this guy I th I liked your movies two out of two it's pretty fucking good I love ER the cast has Anthony Edwards Sir Anthony Edwards Revenge of the Nerds he was in Top Gun as Goose oh fuck that's right yeah he's Goose Holy shit, I'm going to go home and watch Top Gun. Dude, I fucking love Anthony Edwards, though. Um, wow. He's one of the fucking best doctors ever on ER. Oh, yeah, probably. That's yeah. how I know him. I loved ER. That was my mom's favorite show, and I watched it with her. I've seen every goddamn episode, and it was so sad when his character fucking died. I always remember him and attribute him to Revenge of the Nerds first. Yeah. And then those other things. <laughs> but Top those Gun, for sure, things. like, because he's goose! Um... <laughs> He was also in Pet Cemetery 2, The Forgotten, and The Zodiac. Oh, yeah. With Jake Gyllenhaal. The movie is so boring. Uh, it's a little bit of a disappointment. So boring. Um, Mayor oh. Winningham, she was in American Horror Story, has three different roles, actually, three different characters. She was also in Under the Dome, which I watched, I think there was only two seasons, and then they were like, nobody likes us, let's just stop. And she was also in the movie Wyatt Earp. And Turner and Hooch. Oh. Also, McKelty Williamson. He was in Streets of Fire, Hill Street Blues, The First Power, Heat, Con Air, and Species 2. He was Wilson in the movie. Also, Kurt Fuller, who is one of the more animated characters in the movie. Uh, he was known for Wayne's World. He was the, like, record exec fucking assistant that, like, finds plutonic love to be, like, more powerful. <laughs> he was in Ghostbusters 2 as the snively little bastard in part two, uh, who puts him in jail again. Uh, he was in Red Heat, Eve of Destruction, which is a pretty cool 92 film, I think. He was also in The Fan and Scary Movie, the original. Then we have Denise Crosby, who was like the 
military sort of government official. Remember the chick with the cell phone? The blonde chick, yeah. Yeah. She was in Pet Cemetery, the first one. She was also in Skin Deep. Star Trek The Next Generation, she was the lieutenant. And Dolly Dearest. So what are your thoughts about this movie? I actually really liked it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Like, I actually, I was, I don't know, you were really adamant about how much you liked this movie. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, hopefully it doesn't suck. It's okay if you want to shit on my dreams. No, so I, I didn't, okay. I don't want to shit on it. Actually, no, I, I actually liked it. Um, <laughs> I felt like it was kind of, I felt like, I felt a little disjointed. Like, right. In the plot you were mentioning story. that when we briefly talked about it yeah and that like to me i feel like there was kind of like a little bit of like subplots and sub stories and like little things here and there that i didn't feel like were necessary to it and mm-hmm. i don't know i some of the things that they did i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> like, why um uh, you're wasting so much time doing this i'm not understanding Kidding. it totally starts out as this like goofy romantic comedy at first, and I was uh-huh. like, "Oh no!" It is kind of, yeah. It, but it, I mean, ultimately, it is ultimately a, a love. It ultimately, book. it's a romantic comedy. It's yeah, like, like the most fucked up comedy. love, <laughs> right? Like the most fucked up. So it kind of starts that way, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of cute," and like how he stalks it around the museum and shit. I'm like, right. "That's kind of adorable. I like it." Well, but I don't think they were. He was stalking. They just got bumping into each other. He's following her ass uh, <laughs> like hardcore. He's blooding woolly his mammoths. Yeah, he was gonna show her his woolly mammoth. That's what he was gonna do. <laughs> For the most part, I thought the idea of the story was really interesting, and right. it was unique to anything else, especially like in that time frame. I feel like, okay. um, and then now being able to go back to that and looking at it, thinking, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so sitting really close to home nowadays, like that's kind of crazy, right? But um, and it's it's not like it's not something that couldn't happen. This is absolutely something that can happen and right. probably fucking will happen. But I thought for the most part they did a good job of trying to keep it as entertaining as possible along with so it wasn't just like a straight like doom filled movie where you're not you're kind of thinking like they're going to get out of it alive in the end and you're kind of hopeful for it and like their love and whatever with each other and the part with like the grandparents and shit and um, but then it's so kind of sad and fucking fucked up, like all the people that get killed and all the innocent people that are getting killed for no reason, and right. the fucking weird dude that follows him around from the taxi or whatever with the with the gun. Oh yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, why is this necessary? <laughs> like, why are we spending ten minutes on a chase scene from like a random dude in a car, like chasing him down with a fucking gun? Like, who has the worst aim fucking ever? Right. But and how many fucking bullets is that gun supposed to hold? Because he shot off like twenty two fucking rounds. Yeah, I don't know if it's that a was six. A tiny it was ass like a little five. Gun. So I don't know. But anyway, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I actually would probably say, I, for the most part, I loved it. It was I didn't hate any moment from start to finish of it. I watched a lot of worse movies. <laughs> and let me preface this by saying my my opinion on this is: first of all, nuclear war isn't necessarily horror. It is probably more category categorically aimed at like thriller, right? Um, drama, thriller, whatever. But this horrified me as a child. And uh, the tagline for this movie, I think, will help lead me into my opinion, I think. But it says, you just found out that you have 24 hours to live. What are you going to do? And it's like, well, he has less than 24 hours. It's like two. Because this takes, all takes place in literally about an hour and a half, like, which is like of the time. time of the movie. Yeah, it's like the whole, it's like all, everything's in real time, which is cool to me, which I feel is super fitting 
in a way. Like, I know what they're trying to say. Like, the point that they're trying to get across is what are you going to do? Like, what would you do in that situation? In the same respect that I would think about, hey, if I won the lottery, what would I do with all that money? What would be the first few things that I would do? Well, this is like the very opposite side of that spectrum, very negative side of the spectrum of like, holy fuck, I've got minutes to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. What am I going to do? Yeah, I find that fascinating. I think watching the world slowly unravel out of control is probably one of the most amazing things to me. This is hands down one of the best nuclear war movies, and in my opinion, one of the better thrillers out there still to this day. It's not the best, but it's a it's it's an up there. It's like an up top twenty five in my opinion. For my personal, you know, scared factor. Mm-hmm. Like I said, scared me as a kid. Like I had nightmares about this fucking movie. I had seen several other ones. Um, there was another one where like people turned to dust, but they didn't show it like this. Like this was just like intense to me. Uh, I sort of have like a, a weird morbid love for this film. Like every time I watch it, it makes me want to watch like the destruction of the world movies or like disaster porn movies. <laughs> but I had a moment where I was like looking for all these like nuclear movies that I could find. And there are a few, but not as gold as this. Like to me, the characters in the movie are very interesting to me and they really stand out uh, as opposed to what you get these days where it's pretty much just CGI, blah, 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 CGI. These characters like all popped to Mm -hmm. me, even if they were poor actors or okay actors. I think everybody was an okay actor. There was only... A very few fine moments that were like, oh, that's really bad. But the chaos in the movie and its buildup, I think, really satiate anyone's sick nuclear porn fantasies that they might have. Um, And the music in this is really perfect for this movie, too. Like, I feel like it is the most fleshed out piece for this movie that they probably didn't deserve. But I'm so glad that Tangerine Dream joined the fucking ranks on this and decided to make the music for this because it's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It's different, like for its time even. Like it's like you would not expect to see Tangerine Dream in this type of movie. You would see him in a fantasy movie or some sci-fi movie, maybe, but never a fucking nuclear holocaust movie. You know what I mean? I don't know. But that's that's my opinion. I fucking love this movie for that reason. I've seen a ton of different nuclear movies, and I feel like we probably need another nuclear movie because I think that's on everybody's mind at this point right now. Yeah, it is. This movie is like, there's missiles everywhere. There's at least four missiles that land on the United States. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they show the one that, like, zooms past that's heading for, what is he? Tijuana. Saying? Tijuana. And then... The like kind of in the ending sequence or whatever, it's three, which is weird because the timing's off about that. You see one of the missiles dive down. Yeah, it's like two off and then like one in the center that's like coming straight down. I'm like, God damn. All right. Right. (laughs) That's pretty scary. That is fucking scary. Like, what do you do? Like, I I have a nuclear book outside out there and we were kind of looking at it a little bit right before that we recorded. But it was saying that like a 20 megaton fucking bomb would produce a cloud over 20 miles wide, which, if it's nuclear, what I would assume that would go a lot further than that, I think it's like 200 miles. It's something crazy along those lines. I mean, well, if you like, look at the statistics from like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. And it's like, it's like in this movie, these people literally have like an hour and a half to figure out the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. 
which is ex- exhilarating to me because it just makes me think of like every scenario like what would i do like what would you do Brittany? like would you go to get mouse like how you would only have 30 you would spend 30 minutes just trying to get to mouse yeah well depending on what time yeah what time of day it was or what day it was absolutely. be like meet me here we're going this way but then the streets would be jam-packed and like all this crazy shit would be happening yeah i mean i would obviously do whatever i could to get to my husband and my family right and but it but the fucking the cool thing about this movie to me is is like how it spreads like one guy gets a phone call like this is the way the movie works guys this character that anthony edwards plays um harry harry washello who is a trombone player he goes to meet his girlfriend he's late to the fucking date he gets a phone call someone answers or he picks up the ringing phone outside thinking that it might be her because he tried calling her on that phone and so he answers it and it's some fucking guy spitting out fucking like thor arthur dd77 like they're gonna be dropping we're gonna be busting our load in 50 minutes and they're gonna drop down in fucking an hour and 10 and like shit's gonna go fucking wild and it's like all of a sudden he's like what is this a joke like what's going on like i think you got the wrong number and he was like oh it's not a prank man it's not a fucking prank and then all of a sudden you hear the guy in the background. He's like, yeah, man, it's fucking talking about nuclear war. And it's like this random guy answers the phone. Like, if you heard that, like, how would you respond? Like, you would have to be a little paranoid, right? Oh, for sure. I would be like asking a million questions just like he was. And be like, are you fucking fucking with me right now? Right. Like, who is this? And then he's like, all of a sudden he stops talking to fucking Anthony Edwards. And he's all like. Yes, sir. No, sir. No, I was just making sure that everything was uh, up to stuff. Uh, I was just checking the uh, circuitry and everything like that. And they were like, wait, wait, no. And they shoot him. And then the most haunting thing is the guy goes, forget everything that you just heard. Well, yeah, he like. And go back to sleep. Yeah, he like picks up the phone and he's just like, does he ask who it is or no? Or does he say? Yeah, he does ask who it is. He's like, who are you? He's He's like, like, who am I? Yeah. Is this a fucking joke? Are you playing a prank or whatever? And then yeah, put Chip back on the phone. Put Chip, yeah, and then it's like, forget everything you just heard, and go back to bed. Click. And I'm like, ugh, like that made me super uncomfortable. I'm just like, ew, that motherfucker is trying to play it off like it's a dream. Think about that. If what put, a dick. <laughs> putting yourself in that situation, if you got a phone call like that. So then he goes back into the restaurant where he's hanging out, waiting on his girlfriend, where she works, but she left hours earlier because he's three and a half hours late. So it's like four in the morning pretty much and like he starts talking to everybody there and starts freaking out and panicking and then everybody starts panicking happens to be some chick there who's who's like works for the government and she kind of knows some of this lingo and then tries to check on things and then verifies that people are leaving for some reason like four out of five state like officials are gone government employees or whatever that she knows and she's trying to get in touch with them and four out of five are already like in route to wherever south of the border yeah like like the the further the the, like what did she say the furthest most part of the hemisphere Mm -hmm. which is like oh shit yeah so like their plans to go to like antarctica or whatever right yeah like (laughs) and then uh and then like all of a sudden like people start believing him and then they're like people start panicking this in, in just this restaurant right like one guy's car the the main character that Andrew Anthony Edwards plays gets his car stolen. Then he hops on the back. He's trying to find this girl that he just met. And he thinks that like she's like he's never met a girl like this before. Like this is the first girl that ever made sense to him. 
He said it was like he was 30 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he's like trying to convince the guy who's driving to drop him off there. He has to jump off the back of the car. He rolls into the road, breaks his glasses, bumps his head a bunch of times. And then another guy who's stealing his car stereos happens to be driving up this on ramp when he jumps off. And then Anthony Edwards has a gun that he stole from the diner guy who he jumped off the back of his truck and then holds the guy hostage. And then all this shit starts spreading like wildfire. It's it's really crazy how it's almost like a virus, a mental virus, which is fascinating to me, to me. It's like a telephone game. Right. It's like, oh, if you believe, if you don't believe, it's hysteria. It's like it's virus hysteria. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some pretty interesting uh, tidbits on this movie. Uh, the punchline and the unfinished joke the loudmouth oh. at the bar mm-hmm. was telling. It's the mailman's last day on the job. He goes to a woman's house. She invites him in, makes love to him, makes him a wonderful breakfast, and then gives him $5 is mailman. What was that for, woman? Well, I asked the husband, what do you do on your last day? And he said, screw him. Give him $5. The breakfast was my idea. <laughs> it's like a weird tidbit that I found in that in the, in the information. Um, this this restaurant that, that, that Harry goes to, Harry um, played by Anthony Edwards. The name of the burger shop is called, that Julie works at, which is his girlfriend, his new girlfriend. It's called The Fat Boy, which is a nod to two atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki called Fat Man and Little Boy, which were two strikes right there, <clears throat> which is kind of interesting. You got to remember, this is an 88, guys, so we were more worried about the Soviet Union attacking because we had just broken off with the USSR and all this other bullshit. It was still scary around these times. I remember when I was a kid, like we had to practice duck and cover under the seats mm-hmm. because that was still relevant at that time we did too which is scary to think about and we are now rapidly approaching those times in some way you know Mm -hmm. uh not to try to scare you guys uh the original script for this was actually considered for the twilight zone the movie before steven spielberg was brought in on that project and the film would have consisted of only this story Instead of four segments, it eventually became and would have had a slightly different ending with a Twilight Zone twist. Steve DeJarnet did not like the change in the ending and the idea was eventually just dropped, which is I think was better all around because I think we got a movie out of it and we also got a really cool kick ass movie out of it. Yeah. So it's like two movies instead of just one shitty one. Yep. Good trade off. I have a fun tidbit. Go ahead. (laughs) So the original script for the movie actually had Walter Cronkite appearing on television at the end as himself. Oh, that would have made it more real, huh? I totally agree. Like, I'm kind of sad that that didn't actually happen because it would have been pretty fantastic. I think, (laughs) yeah, it makes you wonder if they would have made those small adjustments. Yeah, there's, there's like a couple little, like other different little things that I'm just like, okay, like. That would have been really cool. <laughs> like, why didn't that And happen? that's the way the nuclear bomb crumbles. crumbles. <laughs> so they actually did close um, Wilshire Boulevard for two full days. Oh, wow. So they could film the climax of the film. Um, oh, where the fucking like, chaos is going on. Yeah. So Steve, um, DeJar- is it DeJarnet or DeJarnot? DeJarnot. DeJarnot. I think had so. to shoot additional pieces for the climax at his own expense after the pr- principal shooting for the movie had wrapped up. That's fucking dedicated, dude. Right? And didn't it take him like eight fucking years to get this movie made? 
Uh, like from idea to production probably. to editing and rap and, and then release. Some people get really obsessed about their ideas. Yeah, which I understand. Oh, and fun. But this actually, note. this movie was only shot in seven weeks, though. Yeah, and mostly at night, right? Uh, majority night? of it, yeah. which is good because it's cheaper. Well, yeah, and it kind of makes sense. But um, another, I have one more little fun little note for you. Crispin Glover was actually the original person that auditioned of Chip. for Chip. Yeah, for the voice I of saw Chip. that. And I thought that was so cool. Hey, man. <laughs> but I'm not sure if it would have been... Oh, Dad, or is it you? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if like, it would have been as widely recognized. Like, oh, fuck, man. His voice, like, uh Like my brother... Uh. <laughs> I love Kristen Glover. <laughs> I love him too, but can, uh, I mean that's just like how my impersonation I feel like of him. He's a little too f- frantic esque for that. I, think, I don't know. He could have. I don't know. I think he would have been great, but I probably sure would have been all right. If how I don't know how many people would have actually been able to recognize that from him. Well, he wasn't then. Yeah. Well, he wasn't like a gigantic actor. He's Flash never, forward to like five years after that. He's never been, been a gigantic more. actor. If you take out, he's a huge. If you take out, um. Back to the Future, or uh, what is it? Willard? He was in Willard, and but yeah. those aren't like big movies. Willard was pretty decent. Yeah, but I'm just saying, as far as big mainstream movies, he's not that big well, of an yeah. actor. No, he's more of a side character, like has a small bit role, but is badass in every single one. Right, he he's does. just one of those actors that sticks out. He's fucking fantastic, and in oh oh my god, and he's so cool in um what the fuck is that show we just heard? American Gods. Oh, have you oh, watched that yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. His I haven't character? finished it though, so oh. I don't want to. Fin- don't talk about it. I won't. But it's he, he, well, you've seen him in it. He's, right. He's credited from episode one, even though I don't even think he's in episode one. But his character is pretty tits. Okay. But that show, fucking get on it and finish it because it is so good. By the way, do you know so that uh, Wilson character in the movie who is like the guy that stole all the stereo? Uh, I got Nakashima. I got yeah. fucking Pioneer. <laughs> like take whatever you want. Like yeah. he always used that as his bartering coin. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, but he was actually supposed to be played by a white actor uh, in earlier draft of the script. But I think his character is actually really cool. I liked his character. I liked his character a lot. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just some sort of human feel about him. He was extremely relatable. Yeah, he was kind of like the outside guy finding out stuff. And, like, you find out that Harry, the character Harry uh, that Anthony Edwards plays, kind of, like, leaks this to people in different ways. Like, he tells one person it's a nuclear... It's a fucking meltdown for a fucking nuclear plant. He works at the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tells one other guy it's, like, get, like some sort of fucking hellfire, like, gas that's going to melt people inside out or some shit like that. And it's blowing over it's this like, way. However he feels like he can get someone to believe him right he just he's just trying to do whatever it takes to get to his girlfriend that he loves because that's like the ultimate goal harry was also actually much older in the earlier draft of the script and harry was an alcoholic in another draft of the screenplay so i guess they decided to change that i think that was probably a good idea because he's a little more relatable yeah i I think it would have made it a little bit more of a convoluted storyline if they would have kept him as an alcoholic because then it would have been more difficult for him to get people to believe him right well maybe that's why they wanted to do it because then they were like oh he's the drunk guy it can go both ways right easily for that as it can make this more complicated or it can make the story make go further into the direction they may have wanted it to go i don't know right but do you know that there's a tie-in to the terminator franchise in this movie is there really 
Yeah. They actually had Jeanette Goldstein as Terminator 2 Judgment Day. She was a character in that. Or she was an actor for that movie in 1991. Earl Bowen, the first uh, three Terminator movies. And Brian Thompson, the Terminator in 1984. Jeez. So they had three of those actors in there. Uh also, they also have two actors from the Star Trek franchise, Denise Crosby, who we mentioned, who's from the Star Trek TNG, The Next Generation, uh, and Robert DeCoy from Sons of Mog uh, from 1996. The uh, Earl Bone guy, he was actually in two nuclear war movies. The first would be this one, and then the second would be Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. So... A lot of nuclear wars surrounding the the cast here, I guess, is what yeah. they're trying to say. By yeah, the way, the movie was made with like a three million, three and a half million dollar budget, and it only made one and a half million at the box Wee. office. So, Damn. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It is pretty sad. For it's a better movie than I think. I th- just think it was a little different for people at that time. Nowadays, it's disaster porn. So everyone's no. like, "Oh yes, put it in my mouth. Put it in my butt." <laughs> Did you have any favorite scenes? My favorite scene, actually, of everything. Okay. And I did like a lot of different parts, but my favorite scene is the entire scene after he takes the phone call from the payphone outside and he comes into the diner and he's like trying to play cool for a couple minutes. Oh, he's like and ordering he's trying to like eat his, his fries and his sandwich or whatever the fuck he ordered. The from gyro him. and eggs. The gyro and eggs. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. He's trying he called to it a gyro. A gyro. He yeah. needs a gyro and eggs. Which so, bugged me for some reason. Me too. But anyway, so he's trying to eat this, and then he just, like, slowly loses his shit and starts kind of, like, explaining it. And I love the quick, quippy conversations that are back, like, back between him and the waitress. Yeah, or, where he grabs her arm. Yeah, and she, with the coffee pot, and she's just like... And then the cook in the back is seeing. He's like, "Sorry, can I scared. have this?" And she's like, "Yes, yes, here you go." <laughs> um, I don't know. That whole scene was really, really cool and really well done. And I felt like, and you mentioned earlier how the characters all were really rich characters. Yeah. And I, I felt that too because you only got a very small amount of time with each individual character, especially those. But you still feel like you knew them. And you could relate to That's them. what I'm saying. Like, that's they why they're really, really good. They did a really good job. Yeah. And I love that. They were so different, vastly different characters, but yeah. they all, like... But they did a crazy good job of explaining exactly who they were and what type of personality right. they had in a split second. And, and I think that's great. a good combo point that director Stephen uh, DeJarnat also wrote and directed. I think he did a good job writing the characters and or the actors did a good job, too. Good so it's like a 50-50 them. thing. Right. Because that's a big scene. Like, if you think about how many actors are in that scene mm-hmm. that actually have speaking roles and have to bounce off each other, that's a really powerful scene. It is. It's, it was really, really cool. And I, I loved how it was done. Um, I don't know. Like, his whole... He works so hard to get everybody to believe him. And then finally, like, she kind of comes... Like, Landa's character, the one with the phone attached to her head. Right. Kind of, like, comes around and understands where he's coming from. And the briefcase and cell phone. And- yeah, it was really, really cool. And it was a fun scene. And I love the drag queen at the bar. Right. Yeah. Like the drag queen was great. And I'm trying to remember like what exactly it is that that she said um, at one part. But it's like 
excuse me, it's four o'clock in the fucking a.m. or whatever. We've got a lot of actors in this town yeah. <laughs> that have nothing to do at four in the fucking morning. Yeah, so I'm so more willing good. to believe that than anything. And then some people are like, yeah, yeah, that's it's a good four point. Four o'clock in the a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you guys really believing this shit? <laughs> Did you catch the, the homeless guy in the beginning? He was mm-hmm. like, not me, not spongy. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> he was in that movie a lot. He was on the truck <laughs> when they tried to escape to get away, to get to the airport. Oh, yeah, he's with them. He was also in the very, very beginning when they go to the park in La Brea, where the two towers, where the grandparents both live in two separate towers, and he was, like, holding a dinosaur and going up to the bus and, like, trying to scare people. They were really... Ch- the the main point of Miracle Mile is that they wanted to make it be all about La Brea and what happened in La Brea, Park La Brea, which is just this Miracle Mile of like community. Right. And that's, he was like a big part of that homeless community, I guess. So it was interesting. Um, there's going to be a couple of spoilers here, guys, and I don't want to like ruin anything for you guys. So if you don't want to hear this, you may want to not tune out for a little bit and then come back when we talk about the other movie. There's a scene where Wilson is trying to take his dying sister up the escalator. They've both been shot. And he's like trying to climb up the escalator. And he's like, "Ah! Ah!" (laughs) I don't know why that's such a dramatic moment, but I fucking cracked up just (laughs) because he's like, he's like trying to get away. And then all of a sudden the escalator starts up and he's like, fuck. Going the wrong direction. It's going the wrong way. It's coming down as he's trying to go up. And it's like, it's clearly apparent that he's not going to make it up because he doesn't have the energy because he's been shot. And so is his girl or his sister. sister. Yeah, it looks, I'm pretty sure it was what his was sister. was her name? Like Charmander? Something weird, yeah. <laughs> like, Some Pokemon. <laughs> Some Pokemon. <laughs> he like pulled out an egg and she went into it before he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Uh, another one that I really like is the, the big uh, scene on, uh, what was it? You said Wilshard Boulevard? The the climax of the, the climax yeah. when everything's about to go fucking ape shit hitting the fan yeah like when people all of a sudden start realizing that there's like they must have leaked it on TV about a half hour before which kind of makes me wonder like would the government just not tell us until the last minute because probably right scary right yeah I don't know why they wouldn't they would all be saving their own asses and everybody would want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harry stands, he climbs up on top of a truck and the whole fucking town is in chaos and all the, it's like gridlock fucking traffic. People are fighting in the streets, panicking, just People screaming, killing each other, sirens. Like it's just, it's beautiful. Like it's apocalyptic, beautiful. Like it's just dark and fucked up and it, it's kind of like sent me into a panic shock. Cause that's, I, that's exactly how it would be. Well, it's like... Which is really sad. Well, it's like, it's almost like, okay, now it's become a reality. Yeah, because people are going to go, oh, it's like the purge. Like, I'm going to die in an hour anyway, so I'm going to kill whoever the fuck I want to and do whatever the fuck I want to right. at this time frame. Like, all these people trying to grab on his girlfriend, like, as He's she's like, just trying to walk down the street. Leave me the fuck alone! Yeah, like, and He gets like, all mad. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, and that's exactly how it would be. Like, people are trying to rape people or trying to fucking shoot. People are killing people. Because like, they don't know what they're doing. They're stealing they're... shit. Like, they're, like, basically just in this frantic, like panic because they don't know what the fuck they're gonna do but they're trying to like save their own ass and have their own agenda at the same time and it's it's pure fucking chaos and like if you have anxiety that whole scene is just like it's pretty intense anxiety riddled fucking shenanigans like if you actually like pay attention to the movie and not just like topically watch it like 
It's it's a good thriller. No, it was. I and I completely agree. And there was a lot of like little subtle fine details that I did enjoy about it because like you had mentioned where you know, would the government really do that? I kind of feel like wonder. they would, but then they totally touch on that a little bit of what you said of that everyone's going to be trying to cover their own asses and get the fuck out of there. They right. have to force the girl onto the news station to talk about what's going on. Like right. if they show them like physically grabbing her and throwing her out in front of the camera and making her fucking talk about what they need to like to report. They kill the news reporter in the, in the and video. The one. Yeah. The one Remember reporter sh- that's the out guy in the shoots, shit, like yeah. in Tijuana, what was it? Tijuana, no, or wherever the fuck he's at, but the dude behind the... him shoots, like kills him and the cameraman. Right. It was on the TV when they were all watching it. Yeah. But I think that the reporter that they panned yeah. to was somewhere where shit was going down it wasn't like i don't think it was in that city i think it no was it was somewhere, somewhere else. else yeah it's to let it know that it's now widespread yeah i feel like that was probably in like mexico this is this is the like turning point moment of reality like okay this shit's real now like where it was there was a doubt in their mind and they didn't know what to do they had to just kind of try to save each other mm-hmm. did you have another uh favorite I like when the grandparents reunite. That is sweet. <laughs> and then I would do exactly what they did. Like, I would go to my favorite fucking place that I'd spent the last 70 years or Catch whatever up. with my partner. And I would get a fucking greasy ass fucking sandwich or whatever the fuck I wanted and just, like, sit there and hold them forever. Like, I'd probably right. die fucking mouse to death. Like, I'd just wait. I would run into the blast, dude, because there's just no way. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to die of fucking radioactive Like, I'm poisoning. like, would I take myself out first or i don't know i'd probably be like crazy dude at the top of the helicopter pad that's just doing all the drugs he can find dude, just being on the that. outskirts of it is like probably the worst way to die well if it doesn't kill you right away it's just gonna be long acting effects like cancers and all kinds of shit that your body's gonna go through after that right like look at like like where anywhere an atomic bomb's been dropped it's still a fucking like death zone Right. You can't go there without picking up all these levels of radiation and shit and completely frying your body from the inside out. It is horrible. It's a scary way to think about dying is that something is going to come to destroy the planet, almost like a meteor or whatever the fuck, and it's just going to destroy everything around us. It just disgusts me that weapons of mass destruction like this exist. I don't right, understand that we why. built it. Why? Even though, like, if one was heading towards the planet, we'd all try to unite together to prevent it. Right. I just, I just don't understand what went through somebody's mind. So, well, the guy that made it, he even said, "I made a mistake." Right. You fucking did. Like, he was I like, I think I just did something really bad. Anybody that manufactures this kind of shit, why? Why the fuck would you do that? Why would you make something that's going to take out thousands and thousands and thousands of fucking innocent fucking people? Well, millions or millions or whatever. Like, why would why is that something that needs to exist? Right. At any point in time. That's the reality. That's the horror of the situation in reality right now is that we could be in that situation at some point because of all the crazy shit going on. Be in that situation again. What do you mean again? Like essentially again. Like oh, with the USSR and all. Well, with this whole nuclear war situation. Yeah. Like we've been there already. One of the things that I want to bring up real quick, because we got to jump into the other movie here. One of my favorite scenes, and I kind of want to reenact it because that's just how silly I am. Uh, Kurt Fuller plays the the assistant to the uh, blonde who's the military person. He His character is like at the top of this tower waiting to take this helicopter off after Harry found like a new like helicopter pilot at a fucking gym. Oh, my God. That but, scene is hilarious. I'm sorry. That's that pretty scene funny is so too. fucking funny. Um, 
I love Kurt, it. Kurt Fuller's character gets drunk and drugged the fuck out. And as they exit the fucking top of the elevator, you see him hunched over a dead guy that he's like either sodomizing or having sex with. No joke. I missed that part. Yeah, dude. Like, I watched it like three or four times. I'm, I've always seen it because I'm always like, what the fuck is he doing out there? And then he's like, ha, 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 and he's like running around. But I believe that he was having sex with the, the with a corpse because he pulls up his pants shortly after and there's a dead guy with his shirt off laying on the ground. Huh. So he's just like, fuck it. Like, I don't even care anymore. This whole scene that he's like, he's like got a wine bottle in his hand. He's like, oh, this is Chateau, whatever, fucking from 28. He's like, I don't even have a fucking corkscrew. He busts it over the side of the building, slams like the broken bottle close to his face to drink it. And he was like, tastes like shit. And he throws it down. And then all of a sudden he leans against the wall and he's like, holy cock sucking mother of Christ, there's the first son of a bitch right now. And he's like pointing at the sky and it's like the missiles coming, like one of the missiles, and it darts over them, over the building. He's like, see what I see? He's like, look at that baby, go! He's like, it's going all the way to Tia fucking wanna! And it's like, he's this guy's like lost his mind. Like he just doesn't even care anymore. He just doesn't know what he's gonna do. So he just doesn't care. He's just like welcoming the death. And then later... As they, like, escape into another helicopter and all this other bullshit, he watches the blast with excitement. Like, he's so excited on top of this. He's got his shirt off, guys. Like, he's just, like, fucked up. And then he's, like, his eyes start melting between his fingers and out through his fingers as he covers his face. And I just thought that scene right there was just so, like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I'd probably be that guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd fucking corpse, but... (laughs) I'd, I'd probably be fucking, I would do every drug and drink. Fuck it, man, right? Within hand, like arm's reach of me. That right? And I'd, like, I'd probably let that just, I'd overdose on that like, shit. Like, fuck I don't know. it. But I would definitely get fucked up. Right. I mean, I don't want to go too, too much further into this, but I think that if you guys are into sort of like disaster porn or sort of like you want to look for some sort of thriller, end of the world scenario. It is a little freaky for some people. It's a reality in some way, but I think this movie is like one of the best. Yeah, check this out if you guys like it. There is one more movie that we're going to talk about, and that is Britney's movie that she picked called Doomsday. All right, so our next movie that we did, which was my pick for this week, um, is a little film called Doomsday. Say what? Say what? which came out in the year 2008. To give you just a quick idea of what this movie is about, if you haven't seen it, um, a lethal virus spreads throughout Scotland, infecting millions and killing hundreds of thousands. To contain the threat, acting authorities brutally quarantine the country as it succumbs to fear and chaos. The quarantine is successful. Three decades later, the Reaper virus violently resurfaces in London. An elite group of specialists, including Eden Sinclair, is urgently dispatched into Scotland to retrieve a cure by any means necessary. Shut off from the rest of the world, the unit must battle through a landscape that has become a walking nightmare. Or a waking nightmare. Walking, waking, tacos. Walking, waking? Waking, Wake, walking. Wake, walk? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... This movie was directed by Neil Marshall, who is yes. most widely known for the movie The Descent. Uh-huh. Um, Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers for me, man, all the way. Yeah. Um, he also did um, Westworld in 2016, 
Um, he did from 2012 to 2014. He did Game of Thrones. Yeah, he did some episodes. And he also did some episodes for Hannibal in 2015. Right. Um, he was also the writer for this film. Yeah, he actually did. He did. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a rare thing. That you usually see directed and written by the same person. Yeah, for that kind of usually money. Usually at least there's for that kind of money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just so you guys know, this movie has a $30 million estimated budget. Pretty big. Pretty big. And for it somebody only, to write and direct it. And it only, in the United States, only grossed a little over 10 mil. Yeah, which is sad. Which is very sad. And you know what? What I love nationally, it did. Yeah. I love him. Uh, he's a. I think he's a good director. I, I one in particular. I, I do love The Descent, but Dog Soldiers is one of my faves. Like I love that movie, and he is actually part of the Splat Pack, which is a term that was coined by a film historian by the name of Alan Jones in Total Film Magazine for the modern wave of directors making brutally violent horror films which believe it or not james wan is part of that really yeah the splat pack is members are alexandre aha darren lim boozman greg mcclean eli roth james wan lee wannell and rob zombie which all makes sense to me except for james wan yeah he's more of like the supernatural guy right but he did do like death sentence and the first saw, so that Maybe makes that's sense there. What puts him there, right? So this movie, I I tried to keep the the cast information a little bit short and sweet. Sure, for the most part, there's a lot of really cool characters in this movie and a lot of pretty well known actors. Sure, um, but we're gonna start off with the main actress, which was Rona Mitra, who mm-hmm. plays Eden Sinclair, who was. Is probably most widely known for her role in Underworld: Rise of the Lycans. She is yeah, Kate Beckinsale. Like the third one. That's not actually Kate Beckinsale, right? <laughs> I yeah. believe that's number three. But everybody gets her confused. They look so similar. Yeah, they like, kind of do. They yeah. do. And I remember when I first saw the previews, the trailers for um, for this movie and for for Rise of the Lycans, and I'm just like, that's not Kate Beck. That's Kate Beckinsale. That Kate? Right? That's yeah, not I know. Beckinsale. And I'm just like. Whatever, she's fucking hot and she looks just like her. I don't even care. So they did a good job. But she's also in the number 23 um, in another movie called Skidwalkers. Also stars Bob Hoskins, who plays Bill Nelson, who, if you guys, he's Smee in Hook, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And he's also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh, yeah, that's a big which one. Which is, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's so great in it. That's where I first knew who he was. Me too. And he's also he was also in a uh, Tales from the Crypt and that movie with Jet Li and that movie Unleashed. with Jet Li that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also starred Craig Conway who played Saul who just, just woof, it was gorgeous in this movie. Anyways, <laughs> are you being sarcastic? No, he was gorgeous. Oh, I like, thought you said he wasn't. No, gorgeous. he is gorgeous oh. in this movie. He's the big fucking blonde mohawk and the right. biohazard tattoo on his back and that ripped body. Right. Woo. Which. <laughs> He should have hair like that all the time because normally he's not that attractive of a person. <laughs> but whatever. He looks kind of too normal. He does look really normal. Uh, but he's also in movies. He's in The Descent. Um, he's in Prey and he's also in Dog Soldiers. Nice. So there's a lot of recycled actors actually in this movie that were in other films um, that Neil Marshall's done. British. Yeah. British, Irish. Kind of stick together. UK. Yeah. Um, it also had... They stick together? Is that what you said? Stick together. What am I... Am I wrong? It just sounds weird. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Malcolm McDowell is also in this movie, and he plays Kane, who was a piece of shit. 
Not going to argue. Yeah. Um, who we've talked about him multiple times already, but he's all mostly well known for his role in A Clockwork Orange, and he's in the Rob Zombie version of Halloween. Right. And he's going to be in the upcoming, upcoming American Satan oh, movie. Okay. Which I'm, I am super stoked to see. But anyway, this also stars David O'Hara, who plays Canaris, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorite actors. Um, he plays, he is in a lot of. TV shows. He does a lot of TV acting more so than movies. Um, same with the next actor I'm going to rec- I'm going to talk about too. But okay, he's probably more well known for his work in The Departed, um, the movie Wanted, and yeah. Braveheart. Yeah, I I liked Wanted movie. I don't know why. The movie's great. It, it's it's that that uh, Russian director, right? Can't remember his name. You're probably right. Um, but I did really love that movie. I love that. I love the part where they fucking hit the keyboard across the fucking his boss's face or his best friend's face best friend's face yeah and it says fuck you as the keys but i fucking <laughs> that love that fucking genius it's great like there's genius. some bad parts in it but it's great there's bad parts i wish they would have made a sequel it should have got one. i completely agree to that <laughs> um last but not least who i'm gonna mention as a character in this is um alexander sidig 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 sounds about right who plays hatcher um, he is probably most known for his role in Game of Thrones, um, and he's also in the movies Reign of Fire, and he is in the Gotham TV series. Is that that Matthew McConaughey slash Woody Harrelson movie? Reign of Fire? Yeah. Is that the one with the dragon in the future? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw that in the theater, by the way. That movie's interesting. It's bad. It's pretty I bad. I bought it, and then I sold it because I was like, fuck that. I might even have it. Probably too. Look for Reign of Horror. I'm pretty sure Reign of I have fucking Reign of fire too. i bought it i know i did but i might have traded it <laughs> um obviously there's a lot of really great people that are in this movie um sean pertwee is actually in it too yeah who we mentioned pretty in depth when we did our um event horizon what in the sam neil yeah. <laughs> event horizon um there's a lot of anyways there's a lot of actors in it that just are to point well something known. out sean pertwee is the guy that always gets hurt in movies he always gets fucked somehow. up somehow like he either dies or gets hurt in every movie that he's been in yeah he I don't always, know why. He always gets dealt such a fucking dirty hand. And he's such <laughs> every a great time. actor. I love he him. He is. Well, and that's why and that's why I love to watch him in Gotham. Because in Gotham, right. he's a, a main ass. character, yeah. essentially. And he's a fucking badass. Right. So it's really, really cool to watch him because he is such a well-rounded actor. Right. And he's very studious and very, 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 like, he's just so skilled he's so talented right so being able to watch him finally play a character that gets to last more than 30 minutes in total airtime is yeah, really he still fucking, fucking cool. gets fucked up he but... still gets fucked up but i mean and actually one of the people that fucks him up was david o'hara right who played um one of his friends in gotham right who actually ends up fucking him up and it was interesting See, i haven't watched watch all of gotham so i don't know all that i'm not up to date as of the most current season but it's one of those shows that, like, if I got nothing else to watch, I'll. Oh, it's so good, watch and it, it got real fucking dark. Another thing that I wanted to mention: we picked movies that, coincidentally enough, had really great music scores, right? Um, and soundtracks. The music was done by Tyler Bates, who is very, very well known in the horror community because he's done music for the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. He did The Devil's Rejects. He did Slither, See No Evil. He did the Halloween remake. He did the 300 movies. Yeah, he's a pretty hip um, um, producer. He is, and he did, I mean, 
Just to name a few more, he did Watchmen, he did Sucker Punch, and Redid he just... did the Halloween movie, the theme, too, which was mm-hmm. actually not bad. I it's thought fantastic. it was a good one. Yeah, and he did the most recent, um, one of the most recent movies that he did was um, the Atomic Blonde. For those of you who are, you know, just big music fans in general, um, if you're a big Marilyn Manson fan, he was, he's been the lead guitarist for Marilyn Manson for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and he was the producer and co-writer for his most recent Pale Emperor album, um, and he's working on the new Heaven Upside Down. How much you want to bet Tyler Bates is the reason he got into f- Marilyn Manson, got into fucking scoring music? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and well, then I mean, that's how they like they they. He was like, "Hey, you should tour with me, man." Absolutely, and it, it's a big part of it. And then um, the move, the TV show Salem. Yeah. The opening credit song is off of off of pale emperor right so it's and they use it uh they use he's in it. i don't know if it's pale emperor but marilyn manson they used his song from one of the albums one of the more recent ones for john wick I oh it's yeah the first one you're right because he does he did john wick and john wick too right so which i haven't seen the second but i did see the first one and i actually really Good liked shit. it i liked it way better than i thought i was going to tell me your opinions because you know i actually i love this movie it's one of my <laughs> favorites so roles are um, reversed here <laughs> yeah no i mean I, that's why i like to do that because it's like you know we intro it all and then you know we tell our opinions but this movie in particular kind of reminds me of escape from new york mm-hmm. warriors resident evil and mad max all it, in a nutshell yeah like the new Mad Max it's or Scottish one of the Mad old Max. ones. <laughs> maybe maybe even one of the old ones, too. It's kind of a weird movie to me, but Neil Marshall, right? Right. So it's like, can you hate him? You don't hate the movie. You just it's just weird to me. First of all, I get a land of the dead sort of acting vibe from it, which is good and bad. Like it's a little more bigger budget, stale in some <laughs> of the performances. A lot of toss away characters. In this one, I'm not trying to put the movie down. I'm just saying that the characters, I just didn't give a fuck about dying. Well, you know what I mean? Like if someone else, like most of them, there's a couple that I really love and I think they're really strong characters. But as a, as a whole, this, this movie suffers to me from some bad character, shitty roles. Yeah. And this is night and day difference between Miracle Mile and Doomsday. Right. Miracle Mile excelled at being able to sell you on characters character. and have you relate to each character and right. you build a rapport with each character in a brief amount of time, whereas Doomsday doesn't You had do a lot that, of time with these characters. Do start, they start killing people off right away. It's true. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, if someone died, I would be like, oh, who was that? Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like a little bit like that was the point. Sure. No, no, no. Don't get me way, wrong. The whole cannibal bit is kind of big. Is kind of big. To me, I like that in a way. While it's kind of incredibly cool at sometimes, like I like the aspect of it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, they passed about 200 cows on the way in, so I didn't like that aspect of it. It kind of didn't make sense, but I liked it for the subject matter. I thought it was interesting. It just didn't, they didn't, they didn't build it to that point. Like it didn't make any sense. Like it maybe maybe the movie was like four hours long and they trimmed it down to an hour and forty minutes or some shit. You know what I it mean? It just didn't jive. It man. just didn't fit. Like it didn't <laughs> make sense to me on that aspect. I did love the gore in this movie. It had some genuinely fun moments with the gore and like kill scenes and shit like that that I was cheering for and kind of like got excited about and started masturbating. Uh, 
shamefully in front of my preacher. Shame, really? Shamefully. Um, <laughs> I just stared him right in the eye. Well, yeah, I'm like kidding. <laughs> I'm going to confess a whole I, lot of dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's not horrible. I do like it. I own it. I bought it for a reason. But it feels like, and I'm not trying to put it down from borrowing from other movies. It just didn't surpass those other movies in the aspects that it tried to borrow from. It really almost felt like a cheap mimic of those things. But I liked those things that it was mimicking from, so I didn't mind it so much. So it kind of hits a little bit more of the middle of the road, maybe a little above average to me. I still like it, and I like a lot of the scenes in it like that were really cool. There were some dry spells. I didn't like the whole fucking Malcolm McDowell bit. I didn't either. I thought that was like the biggest shit pile in the whole fucking thing. They should have just fucking had a moment where they had a conversation and that was it because it didn't it didn't need to be there. I completely 100% agree with that. Yeah. That is that was where I was lost. It was a complete disconnect for me because why did we suddenly go back to medieval times? It's it's a cool idea. It's right. like it's nice to see that world, but we did we really need to be steeped in it? No. Like did world 30 years really cha- take us back to medieval times? Why are we back to fucking bow and arrows? I get it. Like, there's always going to be some person that stands up and, like, organizes shit. And, right. like, that's bound to happen. And there's some sort of weird... Like in Walking Dead. They do it in The Walking Dead, even. Yeah. But, I don't know. And I that whole scene, like, I just... I, they could do without it. Like, Sorry, Malcolm did McDowell didn't Ma- f- play that part He didn't well. sell it well enough. And I don't know was, if he was made for that part. He I don't wasn't. think it was. I, I agree. I don't think he was. And I feel like, I still feel like that was completely unnecessary. I feel like it would have worked if they would have brought it into a more current fucking time zone to be that. But to take it back to medieval times and to get very Game of Thrones-ish, like, right. what the fuck was that? Like, this whole gladiator-esque fighting ring between her and this giant knight, which are totally different fucking eras, basically, that they're trying to portray here. And it makes no fucking sense. What, what, but, what, what I think this movie suffers from is it's it's interesting and fun enough to watch and own for me but it's also suffers from trying to be a big budget movie while trying to maintain a low budget idea right so it has unique ideas in it but also borrows from everything and it's so convoluted in itself with these two things these two concepts that it somehow gets lost in the mix somehow yeah because it doesn't know it doesn't find its own identity that's the only problem i have with it I, I agree. Like, it's a very cool idea. Sure. On paper. Like, especially when you look at how they are trying to portray this virus and finding, like, the cure. But, like, as much as I love this movie, there are so many fucking plot holes and, sure. and issues with it. Like, oh, but there's this so is, many in, problems. In the same <laughs> respect, not to put this movie down, I'm, you know, I like Escape from New York. I like The I love Warriors. I like fucking some of the old Mad Max movies and stuff like that. But there are times in those movies that I'm like, eh, like even Escape from New York and Warriors in general, like there's cool ideas in there, but it's like schlocky kind of like, I still love them. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of like slapped together with sure. some like fucking glue and duct tape. It's almost like it it's too big of an idea for itself. Right. But, but again, like, I don't know, like even lower budget movies have done better than this one. Absolutely. In my opinion. Like I like watching those old weird sci-fi futuristic future dystopian world things like I love those kind of movies mm-hmm. but I don't know but that anyway what do you think it's still one of my favorite movies I don't care <laughs> like, you don't care what I say I don't Brittany. Care your opinion is um but it's it just is and there's just so many 
fucking inaccuracies in this movie, just sure. like geographic inaccuracies and just stupid fucking goofs that they make. Yeah, it's hard to suspend so, your disbelief. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to have the disconnection yeah, well, there, like yeah. to disconnect your brain and kind of like go along with the fact that this can happen. Right. And believe what you're watching and kind of go along for the ride and have fun with it. Yeah. It's a little hard to have that disconnection there and make that separation between reality and, and fiction but they're it's fucking fun like right, it's, it's yeah. really fun to watch it just at least if you want to watch it for the part like if you didn't like this movie at all like go back and watch it just to fucking find all the little stupid fucking fuck ups yeah that are there because that's kind of what i did when i rewatch because i've seen this movie so many times and like when i just i rewatched it last night just to rewatch it and my husband had never seen it and first of all i'm like oh the fuck have you never seen this movie <laughs> like, <laughs> right what the fuck like I can out. show you the... I'm like, we love Mad Max. We love anything Wasteland related. Like, right. any of those fucking movies, shows, anything possible. Like, That's we love subculture that shit, we belong you know? To and, like, our friends go to Wasteland yeah. every year, and they make all these intricate costumes and, and cars and all this shit to be part of it. Right. So, when I go back watching this, I'm like, it's fucking Wasteland Weekend. Is this where they filmed? <laughs> Is that Wasteland Weekend? Like, if they right. would have known, they could have just filmed there and saved a whole bunch of money and it would have been perfect because the costuming and makeup would have been a million times better than the shit that they came up with for this movie. Some of it's really, really cool and really well done. Others, meh. This right. looks like some fucking emo kids going to a house party. So it's just kind of like, okay, what? <laughs> but there's still so many cool scenes, and it's such a fucking rip off of like Mad Max. But like I call yeah. it Scottish Mad Especially Max. The like, end. It's oh the end, the chase scene. Yeah, that's that's totally homage. Oh, hardcore, but yeah. it's still fucking cool. Especially like with the gimp and everything. I'm like. Come on. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Come the fuck on. Well, like, you know, he grew up with that shit, so. Absolutely. And you can tell. It's still fun. It's still a fun right. fucking ride movie. Well, and, and you I know, Neil it. Marshall's going to be doing the new Hellboy reboot, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That Ron Perlman Didn't forget to mention nothing that. to do with. He, well, he wasn't invited to have an opinion. He doesn't care. He's just well, he like made the whole comment about it, and he's like, someone asked him, and he's like, "What did he say when hell freezes over?" <laughs> yeah, when Hellboy freezes, when over. Hellboy freezes over, and I'm like, "God damn it, Ron Perlman! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but I hate you right now. I want him to be part of it. Like, how could he not even be considered?" Right. He's so good. I love the Hellboy franchise, by the way. So I mean, fantastic. It's got its flaws, but I still love it. I don't even care. I, don't I still care. think it deserved a trilogy. So good. Like it's it, sad it, that the it didn't get one. Characters in the. Uh, I mean, the just, first one is probably the but best, I, but I don't want to get. We shouldn't get into that. My fucking boner for Guillermo del Toro is out of this world. But anyway, I don't think he's perfect. I like his I style care. in some aspects, Wait, but Hellboy think. the first one was bonerific. Oh yeah, no, I love the first one. I even like Blade Two because of him. So because of the anyway. characters. Anyway, don't knock shit on fucking Guillermo del Toro, by the way. Not at all. Oh, thank you. I thought you were saying that, and I was like, I'm about to punch you. No, in the no, dick. no. I'm just not as big a fan but as everybody else bah! is. I love him. I just don't <sighs> love, 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 love yeah, everything that he just does. Fantastic. But anyways, so as we go back to discussing Doomsday, um, <laughs> what, which movie? I forgot about what? it. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, should we talk about some of the really fun goofs that they have in this? I mean, if you I, want, yeah, I, sure, I point like, some out. I feel like we should because there's there's some there's some fun. There's ones some good, there. some decent trivia there's about this too. Ones. There is, there is pretty good trivia, but let's talk about some fucking stupid errors that they have first. Well, let me um, point out the one that I talked about. Yeah, when they when the girls like they basically guys to give you an idea about this movie, 
there was a disease that happened. They surrounded the entire fucking UK with a fucking wall. They they keep everybody out who's infected and they start killing innocent people because they don't want the infection to spread. It's kind of one of those moral decisions like should we kill these people for the sake of all of mankind or try to be nice people? And so they close off all these people 30 years later. They realize that there's people that are alive in this fucking area that they have abandoned and forgotten about. The virus is still coming back now all of a sudden. Like, people are getting sick again, and so they don't know what to do. So they seek to find these people inside this compound that they've closed off to walls to try to find a cure. Because these naturally... Anybody with a virus would have a cure at some point, like somebody would be immune and they would have to figure out how they're immune to this disease and why. Continue on. That's one of the goofs in there, too. Well, that and literally any virologist would have figured that shit out. Absolutely. Within seconds would have been like, obviously, there's going to be a natural immunity. Yeah, you got to like 98% of people would be not immune, but there would be that 2% that would be. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Take that, doomsday. Motherfuckers. You piece of shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so they have, there's a couple parts when they first encounter the punks in the, I don't know, it's necessarily like a hospital or whatever it is, but it's like all the bodies and whatever that they have lined up. I guess it's like a morgue. Right. But they, they kill the same ones. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Over and over and over It was the again. same guy. There was a guy with the purple mohawk. I kept seeing yeah, him pop up. They and... kill the same people so many times. And then the same, like, there's a character that has, like, a cat ear helmet that they kill a million fucking times over and over again throughout the film. Yeah, and it's like, they didn't even switch it up. It's they like, didn't they didn't even switch sides. They were just like, let's show no. the same clip four or five times. Feels like they didn't even try to cover that up. Right. Um, but I feel like a lot of the most obvious issues with continuity in this film were any fucking scene involving the goddamn Bentley. Oh, yeah. No. Holy fuck. Like, they're, when they go through, like, when the doors are closing and they drive through those fucking doors, the car obviously scrapes both, en- both sides on the fucking doors as it comes out. But as soon as it turns the corner, as it clears out the, the doors that are shutting... There's no fucking damage at all to this vehicle. You're like, uh, it very clearly scraped along the sides. I'm, what? <laughs> well, you know then, there's a funny story about that, right? The Bentley? Oh, yeah. I have okay. that information, too. But Do, they, should we divulge they, that now? I feel like, yeah, they purchased, what, three? Yeah, and only of one, one of them got thrown into a gold. They drove it into a fucking ditch on accident. Yeah, and but the other ones, they said that aside from some, like, minor scrapes and scuffs and stuff Mm -hmm. they only had one major thing that they had to fix on these thing the bodies of the cars that they were slamming into of the bentley surprisingly held up yeah very well it was just cosmetic damage so this podcast has been brought to you by bentley Bentley. (laughs) get a really expensive thirty thousand dollar car ding I'm pretty sure it's more than thirty thousand dollars. Well, that's, that's what like they were the saying. It. Toyota. Yeah, they were saying it was like thirty thousand. They Th- paid one hundred and fifty thousand, I think, for all three. Oh, is that what that it was? they bought off the lot or off some dealership or whatever? But I, I'm pretty sure it was they like paid one hundred and fifty grand outright for the three of them. Um, but they were able to just fix the body damage um, for one or two, but the engine and everything else was like fully intact and it was fine. Um, but there's also, like, when 
the Bentley crashes through the bus. There's no fucking damage to the front the front end of the Bentley. Oh yeah, at all. <laughs> Period. Like it's clean. Yeah, that thing's and a trooper, huh? Happens. But that but but it shows that the Bentley actually does hold up. Yeah. Like they didn't have to change anything. There wasn't no movie magic though but with I that. Mean, I don't know. There's some scratches and shit that I feel like they could have uh, they could have done. So there's a scene where Saul's character gets decapitated and his head comes like fucking darting towards the screen and he's like screaming, which is completely impossible without lungs because there's no lungs. Like, come on. Like, I know they did that. Like, I know why they did that and the purpose behind it. But I'm just like, it just has more of an impact. It does. But it was just so stupid. It is. And then the, the last and final issue that I had was then when that crazy infected guy comes breaking into like the tower where all the government officials are and shit. Oh, yeah. Which was dope, by the way. Like, the whole scene sure. was really fucking cool. Um, but he, like, has to use, like, the hand fingerprint scanner and then, like, the retina scanner or whatever from the guard in order to get up into the elevator. Right. When he chops the guard's hand off and he goes to put the hand on the scanner, the fingers are all curled up on the oh, hand. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's a fake hand. The fingers are fucking curled up on the hand, but when it comes back and shows the full scan, it's a flat palm. <laughs> just little things And like I'm that. like, how the fuck would that even read? And first of all, why wouldn't he just push it to where it's flat? See, that's the logistics I would think about if I was making a movie, but Me there's too. so many hands in the pot, it's like... But who, like, whose fucking job was that to, like, go over that part? Because they failed. Whoever miserably. shot the first part, yeah. There's a lot of shit that, like, a lot of little continuity things like that in particular that were that just you. fucking stupid See, that's, that's what bugs me about the movie is, like, it's enjoyable if you don't look at it in a reality spectrum, right. like, of any sort. It's fun if you're just looking for, like, fun and mayhem. Right, which I that's I that's yeah. why I watch it. I like fun and mayhem, and I like the punks, and I, I I love their aesthetic. Right, and I love Saul's character. Like Saul's character is such a fucking badass, and you can't fucking beat them playing. His character is cool. Man. His character is fucking sick, and so best character he's ever played. Tattoo face chick or whatever. She's a fucking badass too. Yeah, but she never did anything after. No, like she hasn't done pretty much. She looks like someone we know. She does. I don't know. She just looks like someone I know. Yeah, she's very familiar. I don't know. I liked her. She was cool. But it was just fun. It was. It's still a fucking fun movie. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't even care. <laughs> did you have some favorite scenes, or should we go? Should I do it? mine first? Um. I only have a couple. Yeah, you can do yours. They're first. short. <laughs> of course they are. Uh, there was a little girl in the very beginning that got shot in the eye, like when they're like shooting at the the, the civilians. Yeah, the main character. Oh, okay. Sorry. But I'm just saying, when the little girl gets <laughs> shot in the eye in the very beginning, it's kind of freaky. That kind of weirded me out. I was like, ooh, and her face. She was like, ah, like you know. I was just thinking of child acting at that point in time. Like, how do you make this look real? And I was like, that looks kind of dark. It look, yeah, it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was like CGI or whatever the fuck it was. There was another scene where the grenade in the tank. Oh yeah. To the girl who kills the guy driving, that was really fucking cool. That scene was really cool. Yeah, I I don't know what it is, but I fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fucking badass. Where she like she's like sitting in the back, and she like he hits her after she cuts his throat, and then he just as he's dying drops a grenade towards her and it rolls towards her crotch and then she just looks at it like oh fuck, fuck. 
boom, the back of the fucking door goes blowing out. That was badass. It was cool. What it about was you? Super, super cool. I thought you had three. I have more than three. I have. They're just really short ones. Oh well, I got okay. Well, then I'm gonna interject and, and say one. Please of mine. do. Yeah. I love when they fucking cook <laughs> the guy, the Pertwee? one soldier. Pertwee. Is that Sean Pertwee's character? Yeah. Oh, you're fucking right. Yeah, it's Pertwee. How do you like your Pertwee anyway? I like my Pertwee medium rare. Ah, me too. <laughs> I like a little flesh. Hmm. Pertwee tastes good though. Yeah. That's some of the best meat. Um, Pertwee is grade A. Yeah. And not only is it grade A acting, it's grade A beef. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> but I mean, you can't get much more badass than playing Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, I the know, The guy's right. cooking on the fucking steak, essentially. They had and quite a few bands. The soundtrack for this movie is great. Like, not even just the all the music production that was done for it on its own, but the soundtrack for this movie is very well thought out. It's kind out. of old. It's like 80s and 90s. Older, but it works. Yeah. And it works really well. And it, it everything about it fits for each part. That it, The music is just phenomenal for this movie right. in general. The whole soundtrack where you get even any little bit and piece like of the chase scene where the noises are like separated out or, or anything. That's, it's done so great. And you know that's all from Your, yeah. Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates. Courtesy. Oh, he picked the soundtrack as well? No, he. I'm pretty sure he did, but he did all of the music f- okay. scoring and everything yeah, 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 for yeah, it. Yeah, so oh, like yeah. any like, from I was talking about stupid like shit. They had like a band in there, Doggy Dog, mm-hmm. which I used to have an album by them, which was Warrant. That was the name of their album, and Warrant the band had an album called Doggy Dog. Yeah, which I always thought was like really crazy. So if any of you know what the fuck I'm talking about right now, you need to sound off in the comments. Yeah, this movie is actually really, um, it's used a lot in industrial music. Industrial bands actually use this movie quite a bit for clips. Right. Oh, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Or to sample. Makes it's sense. It's used for samples quite a bit because there's a lot of there's a lot of good moments that can be used for sampling. And it's mostly anything with Saul talking. Who um, was it? Was it, who was it? You that was saying like who's going to sample the void? next yeah it was me was that you yeah, yeah. i was like i'm gonna do it, Let's do it. i'm like i'm waiting <laughs> but i don't even know if i'm industrial anymore I'm but a, anyway i'm a lady in wait right now because i'm like what band do i like is going what band do i like <laughs> well it won't be us then i like fuck off <laughs> fuck off alex but yeah anyway i do i love that i love that scene yeah it's so fucked up poor sean pertwee <laughs> it is it is kind of good I, I like my pertwee but it's cool rare. i mean i can't like i said Fucking Spellbound's one of my favorite songs ever. And then like that whole scene and it's still and it seems like it shouldn't work, but it fucking does. And right. it's so cool. You know what another really good scene is? When the tribal tattoo chick gets her head cut off. Yeah. And the chick behind her grabs her head and it's like her. blinking and shit. Like that I always think it's cool when they when they take the time to put in like the blinks. Even though it looks kinda like fucked up, it just adds that extra kick in the fucking dick. Right. Like, I don't know. Just to me, it just, I love the blinks. Like, <laughs> I think well, it's, it's funny. It's cool and it's realistic. That's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely realistic. Unlike the screaming head that's been severed from the body, which is not realistic at all. Right. But the the subtle blinks and the mouth movements or even like the flaring nostril shit, that 
happens because the, all these synapses are still firing. Your brain controls everything in your body. Right. Well, the oxygen gets cut off. You just go crazy. But yeah, it's just it's cool. Like, and it's I love when they do that. I hate when they don't do shit like that because that's not realistic to me. But when they incorporate little things like that, it makes it more real. But that scene, this movie is not short on gore at all. In any way, shape, or no, form. no. It's actually got some pretty cool stuff. Like it has a lot of really great. Some of my scenes. favorite scenes are probably towards the end of the movie, even though I think it's the the cheapest grab for fucking chase material is the the whole fucking Mad Max wannabe yeah, chase scene. But it's cool. But there's like a scene where like the guy gets run over. Like that shit was badass. That I was like, was fuck badass. yeah! He just like see splat. So, like, you see his, like his head bounce off the inside of the fucking like barrier thing that they have at the back of the oh, car. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck that is. It's the, like a sheet the, of metal that hangs over the um down below the bumper. Yeah. And like you see if they ran him over and it's, you see on the inside you can see his head bounce off him under that and the blood go out from underneath. Right. It's badass. So cool. Yeah. Little fucking subtle details like that were just sick. And yeah. I love when they fucking crash the gimp into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you like pain? <laughs> His stupid tongue is like, <laughs> like oh, it's just so dumb. The gimp is so stupid and makes no sense, but at the same time, he was still funny. It's kind of like the yeah. fucking guitar gimp in fucking Mad Max, like right. That's see, what I'm saying. Like this movie has heavy nods to all the material we've been talking about. Yeah, but and that's in a, in a way, I'm not trying to curse it for that because a lot of people like to do that. I'm not trying to curse it for it. There's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong and I feel like this movie traipses that line very close. Oh, it's right in the middle. Yeah, it's like it's like uh we know you're borrowing, dude. Who do you fucking think you're trying to trick? Yeah, it's it's absolutely right. If in you're going to do it, do it right. It's- but <laughs> No one's going to ever beat Mad Max chasings because the guy who fucking did it is a fucking genius. Yeah. The guy that made the car fucking quit. He quit. He quit making fucking doing the car stunts and shit like that, like or orchestrating it. Yeah. So I don't even know where Mad Max is going to be after that, after for this next movie they're going to mm-hmm. do. Speaking of stunts, mm-hmm. out of all of the crazy fucking stunt work that they have in this movie, there was only two situations where shit went wrong and oh that's right yeah i heard about this the first was one of the stuntmen riding the motorcycles when he went to jump off he's supposed to jump off to like a clearance area right and instead he missed the mark and so he ends up getting dry like dragged behind the the motorcycle yeah and he wasn't hurt miraculously but i mean they have a lot of shit on yeah oh yeah to protect him yeah yeah and so thankfully he wasn't hurt but and then the, the other one was which was I'm going to this is going to be partly one of my favorite scenes of all like in the movie too. When after the train takes off from the station and all the punks are there and Saul's like right in the front and he just barely misses like grabbing onto Eden's character and then he just like bends over and just like fucking screams and he's fucking frustrated and pissed but then he just like stops and stands up and then fucking punches this dude on his little on his oh that's right <laughs> it's so fucking he actually funny. really hit him he hit him and they did the take a couple of times and on the second take he broke his nose he broke his fucking nose the poor actor he breaks his fucking nose on the second take and i don't know if he just missed his marking of where he was supposed to hit him or what happened but like yeah he yeah, shattered dude. the dude's fucking nose but that scene i mean that's pretty normal it's fucking hilarious. That's pretty good for a movie that's pretty With high action. Very pack. high action, very high stunt like oriented film. And yeah. there are only those two instances and I mean the guy obviously broke his nose, he got hurt, but the stuntman wasn't injured at all who was dragged behind the bike. Well now here's the big question, Crazy. Brittany. What? 
What do you think is the better movie of the two? Oh, well, Doomsday is <laughs> my favorite. So <laughs> out of the two, I'm sorry. It's so much better, Miracle okay, Mile. Miracle Mile is so much better as far as everything story <laughs> and the story and the and plot like and anything the idea that matters. Or whatever. Shut up. <laughs> like behind it is cool. The character development is a lot cooler and a lot super original. Done way better. It's super original. Whatever. But I have had so I did not have as much fun watching this movie as I ever had oh, watching man. Doomsday. I don't know. My mouth salivates when I watch Doomsday that movie. to me is fun from start to finish. Uh, what do you guys think? Have you seen both of these movies? I'm do you, sure. Do you like both of these movies? Do you hate one of them? Do you love one of the others? Like what? I'm sure they're probably going to side more with you on this. I don't no. know. No. We'll Why would you think that? We'll see, though, because I think there's a lot of people who really like Doomsday. First of all, I hope you guys would never lie like that. For, for anybody here. And I'm not saying that you would for me or her, but don't ever do that. If you guys feel like you didn't like something, I want to know. I want to fucking know. And you better have a fucking good answer because I'll fucking kill you. No. Jesus. <laughs> As he holds his Sutter home real low. Yeah, you better back off, <laughs> bitch. He's so mad. I got fucking red wine, you fuck. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that's a pretty much a wrap for us on the... Doomsday on Miracle, Miracle Mile. Mile. So that'll be it for this week. On the, This whole week was a pretty good week. If you guys haven't already, please do. If, you get, if you're done with this episode and you want to check out the first one, you haven't heard it yet, please do. It's a lot of fun. Check that out. And we got some more pretty great shit planned for you in the future. And one last thing I want to mention. I'll mention this next week, too. We are going to be doing an October giveaway and Christina is trying to put together a box right now. We're going to try to put on all kinds of stuff. We'll probably have like an Amazon gift card, some DVDs some Blu-rays, things like that, that we'll throw in there to give to you guys for Halloween. We'll probably pull the name by the second week of October. So you'll have it before Halloween, hopefully, because we'll try to get it out to you within five days. But you're a horror fan, so you're going to enjoy it anyway. So please sign up for our BTV VIP club now you can go to longlivethevoid.com, sign up for it under the BTV VIP club section or at the bottom of the page. You'll find it. It's pretty simple. Or you can go to our Facebook <laughs> and it's on the blue link there. But blah, blah, blah. It's fucking everywhere. Yeah. Just fucking do it's it. A, it's a big box giveaway and we, we try to put some heart and love into it. Just, Christina paints it up. It's going to be so cool, you guys. We're going to yeah. have so much cool shit in there. We don't we don't do too many giveaways, but we've done like I think three or four since we started, and that's pretty much one quarterly for the most part. Also, if you guys haven't already, we did post this on our social media, but we had DJ Fivera did a horror shot Yay. for us. She did the lichen choke, and it was super awesome. So make sure you check that out and give her fucking love for fucking going the extra mile. We're going to send her out some free shit. We're already putting that together and we probably already sent it out to her by now. By the time you you guys hear this. So, but, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in everybody. We'll have a brand new fucking week for you next week. So stick around. Stay weird monsters. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode.